This is Two Dudes and a Six Pack with your hosts, Grayson and Chris. Tight, 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 yeah! That's good. Join us as we cover a six pack of topics from booze Excellent. to pop culture. Inconceivable! So, pull up a chair and crack open a beer as we discuss the best. Here's to feeling good all the time. Of the worst. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. Well, greetings, everyone. Welcome back to another podcast episode of Two Dudes and a Six Pack. And um, before we get right into everything, I'm just going to introduce you right to my good good friend and yours, Chris. All right. What's up, everybody? Welcome back. And um, so we're doing kind of a, I mean, we got St. Patrick's Day coming up. We got March Madness coming up. We got a whole bunch of just random early spring winners dying coming up. So we're going to cover a whole bunch of topics today. And um, but first, as always, we want to get into the, the brewskis or the drinks or whatever. So, uh, Chris, what kind of drinks you got today? Uh, so I picked up three beers that I haven't ever had before. I've got two from Michigan, one from Arcadia Ales, and another from North Peak Brewing Company. And then a macro. I got the the Shock Top, which if, ah. if anybody remembers Shock Top, it's a Budweiser brand, I think, right? Yes, I, think I, it's, I believe yeah. you're correct. And like when it first came out, everybody thought this was just like a regular microbrew, you know, because it had totally different um, – marketing and and you know the bottle was was very different so yeah. the first one i'm going to do today is the shock top uh ruby fresh grapefruit okay um it's a belgian style wheat ale it could be interesting yeah it could be yeah so i i wasn't i i wasn't a hater of shock top i was more disappointed when i realized that it was a macro masquerading as a micro well, that's kind of where i, I was think that it actually originally about. started as a its own thing and then they bought them out oh it might yeah that's probably more accurate yep because i think they wanted to com- they, they wanted to compete with like coors's um uh shoot the blue moon kind of group and i think that was one of the first yes. like things they brought in because the like the shot, top, the shop, top, the shock, blah, shock top original one is like that wheat beer that is right along the same lines of a regular blue moon. So I think they wanted to be like, all right, um, <laughs> they needed something too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I'm like, I'm a sucker for this grapefruit stuff. Yeah. Um, it's been a while, you know, it's been around in the beer world for a while. Uh, Lion and Kugel, no surprise, like. <laughs> Threw another shandy out there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. some great. Um, I think my favorite one, if I'm off topic for a second, is the Perrin uh, Grapefruit IPA. That was the first one that I had really tried. Okay. Um, and, and that one was really good. But, you know, I think it's like a decent one. The other one is uh, Ballast Point. They do a really good one. Yeah. The Sculpin IPA. Sculpin. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That one's really fantastic. Good. Yeah. So this isn't an IPA, which is good, um, but it has got that sort of grapefruit stuff in it. So let's see here. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to drink it straight out of the bottle. That's not bad, actually. Nice. It's uh, it's light. It's kind of it, like you were kind of hinting at spring around the corner. This is kind of giving me a little bit of hope. 
with the cold weather that's still you know blustering outside there. Okay. But the the grapefruit is really subtle. Uh, it's more like it's kind of like a, a decent wheat ale with just a, a very subtle hint of the grapefruit you know beneath it. So I, they didn't really do that bad of a job with this one. Um, I honestly would probably pick this one up again for like a beach day or something. Hey, if it was in a can, that'd be my suggestion to Shock Top. Can the stuff. Oh, yeah. You actually take it to the beach. I feel they have to have that in, in a can form, wouldn't you think? I would hope so. I would hope so. But yeah, it, it actually, the grapefruit does even kind of taste fresh. Nice. You know? For people that have had like that lining kugel, it tastes fake. Right. It's a weird grapefruit. But yeah. this one is not bad. I, I kind of dig it. Have you ever had the, I don't know if it, it's Steigl or Stiegel. It's a German brand, and they have a grapefruit Rattler. That one is actually one of my favorite just summertime. If you want something crisp uh, beers, I absolutely love that one. And it's available nice. in like the like the 16 or 18-ounce cans. So I highly recommend anybody to check that out. Like it's an official it's an actual Rattler, so and it's so it's not you know which is like the original kind of cocktail. That's what the shandy's ba- that's what a shandy basically is, but yeah, yeah, it's yeah. actually it's fan freaking tastic. <clears throat> nice. I'll uh I'll keep an eye out for it. I have not had that one yet. Okay, yeah, definitely check it out if you can. I I mean it's in Michigan because that's where I've had it, but um, so I went for my beers. I was thinking St. Patrick's Day. Um, stout, but I didn't want to do the normal stout that we all drink during St. Patrick's Day. So I was kind of looking for other ones to try. And originally I was going to try to get like a whole bunch of just nitrogen stouts, but then the places I went to, they didn't really have that. So they scratched that idea. So I just went with a bunch of random stouts. And nice. the first one I'm trying is, is a uh, peanut butter milk stout from Sleepy Dog Brewing Company, which is located in Tempe, Arizona. And okay. if you know me, I'm not a giant fan of Arizona beer. I at least the ones I've had is I mean it's very warm weather based, which kind of limits, you know, your stouts. <laughs> so but I saw this right. I was like, I'll, I'll give it a whirl and um I'll read well I'll let me Crack this. Okay. Last time I cracked open a canned beer on this show, it exploded all over the microphone, and we had all sorts of problems. If you recall the, uh, I don't remember what yes, beer the I had. Disaster. But, yeah. Right. Um. So I just poured it. I'm gonna let it sit for a second. On the side of the, the can it says, "We've paired the flavors of rich chocolate malt and creamy peanut butter with our velvety smooth milk stout." We couldn't be right. happier with the end result. We know you'll love it, too. Enjoy. And it's got a Dalmatian with peanut butter all over its face, and it's licking it. So, and it's Interesting. Fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is. I, okay, so it's Sleepy Dog Brewing Company. So, okay, maybe I'm guessing that the, the beer company is just named after uh, somebody's Dalmatian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know what? I think some people might be turned off by the peanut butter, but I've actually had some ones that are actually decent. Yeah. That use it. I like, I mean, I feel like if you have a nice milk or chocolatey stout, peanut butter can go really well with it. But, um, all right, so it's poured. Let's see what this tastes like. Right. (laughs) 
I mean, it's okay. You got you definitely maybe a hint more malty than I would have wanted it to be um, yeah. for uh, like a a milk stout. Um, let me get some more of that. Yeah, the milk stouts that I've had, I usually stick with the left hand milk yeah. stout, but they're usually really creamy and good. Yeah, this one doesn't have much of the creamy. Maybe that's because of the peanut butter. The actual peanut butter flavor is very subtle, if even there at all. If you if nobody told you it was a peanut butter stout, you might not even connect it. There's, it's almost like they kind of uh, dipped a Reese's pieces in it just for a second and pulled it out. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's not terrible. It's drinkable. I I've I've had worse, so and I've had a lot better. <laughs> So, I mean, right. it, it is what it is. It's, you know, whatever. My biggest, okay, so my biggest gripe, if I can even, it's not even with the beer. So I got this, it's in can form, and they have that stupid sticker over the can. I hate that. Oh, yeah. That's always, a, it's kind of annoying. It's like you guys, like, you couldn't just print an actual label. You guys just slap a sticker on it. Like This looks cheap. It, it's super cheap, and I've actually had canned beers before where I pulled the label off, and they had like a different beer label on it. I mean, from the same company, but like the previous. <laughs> right. It's like really, you right. just you guys just printed too many cans, so you're just slapping stickers Literally. on it now. Yep. Like, yep. I'm sorry, and it's you know it's weird. I I feel like some of the best just beer labeling is on Mexican beers because it's all painted on the label. I love the painted yep. labels, and there's just you know. For all the uh, you know issues we might have with Mexican beers, I think they got some of the best labels, just straight up. I would agree. This shock top that I'm drinking has got the uh, the, the the fake painted label, oh. so it's like the sticker, but it makes it it's clear. Right. It looks like it's painted on, but it's like a, on closer inspection, like no, it's just it's masquerading as a painted bottle. Kind of like it's masquerading as a mi- as a micro beer. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Oh, man. We're on to you. <laughs> yeah, we're on to you. I don't even think Rogue really does the uh, the painted on anymore because I I think oh, the man, that's, yeah, that's I think a bummer. Dead Guy Ale, which was one of like the first. I know you showed it to me um, way back in the day, and that was one of the yeah. first real like micros that we were you know getting into was that Dead Guy. Dead Guy. That uh, I wish I could kind of recall the year when we were drinking that, but it's, it's changed. It's still, the recipe is somehow different. I had one recently and it's like, this isn't as good as, you know, when we found it that first time. Yeah. Those first few batches of dead guy were actually really good. Oh yeah. And yeah. The bottle was pretty sweet too. Yeah. It's one of my favorite bottle designs probably ever. Oh yeah. It has like that almost day of the dead style skeleton. Like sit, wasn't he like sitting on a barrel or something like that? Yeah. 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 Yep. Oh man, they do actually. They put that out in cans now, and I actually like their can because it's like a a matte black can, so nice. it doesn't really reflect as much light. But I think the skeleton is actually like a sheeny skeleton, so it's got this nice kind of like it's like the gimmicky football helmet you got in college football now. Yeah, but, yeah. Actually, I think the original the, the bottles they originally glowed in the dark, which was kind of oh sweet. yeah, oh they man, dark paint. That's so so. If your the light in your fridge dies, you can still find your beer. <laughs> Right, that is right. that is crucial, man. That is, oh man. But speaking of gimmicky and uh, you know stuff with 
college sports. Uh, we have a feeling there's going to be a lot of other uh, college athletics that could use some beers, and they might be dead guys too. But um, <laughs> So we figure since we're getting into March, we'd hit up March Madness a little bit. And this March Madness promises to be a little extra maddening um, than in previous years with all these crazy... Um, I mean, FBI stuff going on. It, it is nuts. They got wiretaps. People are like, the FBI is like listening in on conversations right now. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, <laughs> it's like, I know people are thinking like, why in the world is the FBI getting involved with college basketball? But you know, it's like Capone stuff where you get like $100,000 transferring to other people and no one's paying taxes on it. It's always taxes that screws people over. That's right. It's like, if you're... You got to money launder that stuff, man. You've got to make it clean. <laughs> you got to you gotta like uh, uh, watch the Ozarks with uh, Jason Bateman and figure out how to launder that stuff. Yeah, yeah. I started. Is that show night. good? I I think I'm through like the first episode, but then I got sidetracked. So I liked it. Okay. Yeah, I, I was a fan. I like him as an actor. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And it had a little bit of some like white collar Breaking Bad aspects to it. Okay. You know, it's not quite Breaking Bad. I mean, that's gonna be that's such a high high bar to like even hit. Right. But uh, but yeah, it it was good. I watched the first season, um, and I dug it. Okay. It's good. Yeah, I've been meaning to like get back because I yeah I watched the first episode and I was like okay I'll watch more and then you just I don't know, I think. Uh, I'll just watch the re- Parks and Recreation from beginning to end again. <laughs> <laughs> right right but, but yeah this this nca stuff you've got like two sides of the argument I, i've been hearing the pundits that are claiming that there's a fundamental problem with the system you know you've got these amateur athletes that are playing in a multi-million multi maybe billion dollar industry if you kind of add it all together mm-hmm. uh and and they're apparently uh, i'm going to put this in quotes not getting paid. <laughs> right. I say this in quotes because what is the tuition nowadays? Well, that's the like, thing. They got free rides to these schools. And that's they're the, not cheap. And it's not just, yeah. So, like, if I, out of, out of the state of Michigan, if I would have gone to, because I was applying to USC, you know, it's Southern California, and, like, tuition with room and board was going to be about 50 grand a year. So, what, what, yeah, it's just like a regular job, right? Yeah, I yes. mean, that's like an entry level job. Sure, it's not, it's not pro basketball numbers, right? And that's just the beginning. You have basically all your food taken care of, and that the that training table food is insane now. It's, oh yeah. So you got crazy food. You have all the shoes and athletic gear you want to, you know, you want to get, you know, take advantage of. You have so depending much, on where you're at, the best like medical staff. Yeah. Athletic trainers. Yeah, you have yeah, you can get surgery taken care of. All I mean, granted, some of that surgery is <laughs> based on um, what you're doing on the, um, you know, when you're playing. But when you add yeah. everything up, you're getting cl- well. You're probably getting close to 150, 200. I mean, probably 150 thousand dollars worth of stuff every year, or maybe Easy. even if you just did a hundred grand. It's like okay, so after four years, you got almost half a million dollars worth. And now, of stuff. and here's here's the rub too. With these guys, because, uh, you know, I mean, you, you grew up in the East Lansing area. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to school there. Michigan State, they've had, a, they've had a good program for a long time. These guys walk into anywhere and drinks are comped, food's comped. I mean, 
the the benefits that aren't even on the table from like the university right these guys are getting so like it's tough for me to kind of swallow this argument that these are unpaid amateurs it's like they've got they've got plenty hey if i was talented enough to to you know make one of these squads what am i going to complain about why do i have to game the system even more is is it up to me if the university is making millions off of like my talents Right. I really don't see it that way because if I'm good enough, I'm going to make it to the next level and I'm going to make it all back up anyways. Right. And it's not like, so let's say, you know, when we're super huge and famous for making movies and everything, you better dang well believe that the schools we went to will be claiming us hardcore oh, and we'll be like, yeah. you know, so they'll, I mean, it just, some things take a little longer, you know, you're a you're a college athlete. You're even if you go to the professional levels, you'll probably be done by the time you're 30. And but they're you know showing your picture everywhere. But then in other professions, you'll you don't get huge until you're in your mid 30s or later. And it just kind of right. you know they will be showing your faces and be like, well, this person went to school here, and you know will be so it's just all it just takes different lengths of time. It just but. Yeah, so, and they'll try to make money off of whoever, schools will try to make money off of whoever they can, so. Oh, for sure. And, and you know, I, I heard somebody else talking about this, I think it was probably on, like, ESPN radio or something like that, but people, what people don't realize with this is, okay, let's say you crack down on what's arguably a very corrupt uh, NCAA men's college basketball program by virtue of how popular March Madness is. Let's right. just assume that you clean the program up. Okay. How many other sports are going to be harmed by this? And, and this kind of sounds like an argument about like, does the harm outweigh the, the benefit? And it kind of is, but like, we're not taking this into consideration. We always just jump and do a knee-jerk reaction, and it's like everybody's all up in arms saying, oh, it's wrong, There's the system's broken. But it, I'm sorry, but if you go to, like, Alabama University and you're on the fencing team there, the football program is paying for you to be on that fencing program. Right, yeah, yeah. In, 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 a, in a secondarily kind of way, you know, the, the money that that program brings in, it doesn't just fund the football program. You know, it buys the doctors, it buys the facilities, it buys, you know, everybody, all the stuff. Right. You start cracking down on it. And I mean, you're, you're talking about like college sports just being changed fundamentally in general. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I don't have a good answer for that, but I don't think anybody's really kind of talking about what this is actually going to do. Right. We're all just focused on college basketball right now. Yeah, and you know people will say, "Oh, you should you need to pay the players. You need to give them like a stipend or whatever." So okay, so maybe you give you you are initially considering, okay, so we give the basketball players five thousand dollars a year or whatever um, right. as a stipend. The thing is, because of a thing called like Title Nine, you have to pay every single athlete. In the That's university, $5,000. That means the curling team, they get $5,000. You know how much money? I mean, you probably have at least 1,000 athletes on campus with oh, yeah. all your sports. Five. I mean, that is a lot of money. And I think only like 5% of all athletic departments actually make money. Most of them are, are funded partially by the school. Like I mean, yeah. and so that's another, you know, 
I'm not even going to do the math, but however much you want to pay them, that is it's a lot of money that most universities just can't afford to pay it. So you might end up, if that passes, you might see a lot of schools dropping their secondary um, you know, programs. Like, okay, we can't afford women's gymnastics and men's hockey or whatever. It's like it's just we can't afford to pay everybody like that. So right. I so I feel like once you do that, then you're an issue. And there's other people like, well, just okay. So have them considered uh, um, employees of the university. And so people like right. think that right. it's like okay, but then you have to pay taxes on the um, everything you're getting. You think these kids they already don't have enough money? How are they going to pay taxes on this like a hundred thousand dollars worth of stuff that they're getting annually? Seriously. Like, yeah. So now you got to pay them like thirty grand just to cover taxes. So there's no way. Yeah. There's n- there's no way. And and the thing is, it's not going to stop the problem. You right. know, like paying the athletes, and and maybe this is where I'm kind of going off the rails a little bit because the solution that seems to be kicked around is, oh well, if we paid the athletes, then we wouldn't have this level of corruption. And I completely disagree with that. Right. It would just rear its head in, in a different kind of form. Like, you cannot tell me that guys like, and I'm just going to throw them under the bus, even though, like, they, you know, they, they haven't gone through the whole judicial process yet, but you just know that they're scumbags. Mm-hmm. But, like, Rick Pitino and Calipari and uh, the dude now from, I think, what is it, Arkansas State or something like that? Arizona State? The guy oh. that's on the wiretap? Oh, Arizona. Yeah, University of Arizona. Sean Miller. Yeah. Sean Miller. I mean, these guys are <laughs> they're going to keep doing the same things that they've always been doing. Right. It's it's not going to like really solve the the problem. At least I, I just don't see it. I don't see this is really going that far. I actually heard probably the best idea I've heard was um you have to create a basically an alternative minor league system for basketball and I mean, yeah, basically for basketball and for football. Because if you look at baseball and hockey, there's already a secondary minor league team where if mm-hmm. you don't want to go to college and you just want to jump right into maybe you get like 40 grand a year, you have that opportunity to just kind of skip college, jump in there, and maybe you eventually make it to the pros. So you have that option, and you then you don't have the, the problem of paying players because if they want to make money right off the bat, they have that. You just go in that league. They can do that. But with yeah. – basketball and with football you don't have that i mean football might be i mean you could probably do some kind of minor league football system for guys that just are either can't get into college that they don't want to go to college or they're too dumb to go to college and um, i know that sounds terrible but i knew people that you know from east lansing uh, high school i went to they had like division one scholarships to nebraska but they didn't have the grades to get into (laughs) and if you don't have grades to get in when they're basically helping you I mean, that's because you just basically didn't go to class or you're a complete idiot. There's one right. of the two. And exactly. Like, so you have these secondary options. and then that would uh, I be- think McMahon's XFL could be a, a minor league option then yeah. under that kind of a system. That's an option. Yeah, and then for the basketball, I mean, I no, much, no, no matter how much I despise this guy or just can't stand him, but the uh, – um, what the, the ball guy the the um Luenzo oh yeah Lonzo uh, yeah I can't I can't LeVar, remember right? yeah, which Lavar yeah he wants to do like a minor league basketball t- thing for guys out of high school that just 
don't want to go to college right away. And so it's like, honestly, I, you know, I think the amount of money he wants to pay him is probably a little, he wants to pay everybody. It's like, probably, it's like, I don't think you'll ever be able to do that because then you need television deals and everything to pay for that kind of cash. But right. realistically, that's, that would solve the problem for these guys that, you know, want, want to get paid right away, but no, they have yeah. to go to the college for a year or two. And it's, it's hard to make somebody go to college for like two years when they don't want to be there. And yeah, it you know, and I think it, I think it harms the uh, I hate calling it this the product uh-huh. of college basketball, but I mean you kind of hear that, right? <laughs> you know, if you listen to it, and it is it is a bit of a product, but it does it, it harms the 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 what draws you into a collegiate athletic event, right? Uh, you know, like I I mean I'm, I'm a Michigan State fan, and I have been for a long time. Uh, and it's this has been a weird year for state fans in basketball it's and football and just sports in general. A very odd year, yes. Yeah, just to say the least. <laughs> and uh, you know, but it's just it's so weird because okay, even if you took out all, all of the the uh, giant issues that are still hanging above everybody in this program, right? And and you just let's just reset it. Same team, no crazy issues. Is it still going to be that same team in a year from now? It's not because these guys are going to leave and, and they're going to be, you know, they coaches just constantly have to keep filling these holes up yeah. for these kids. Like it's, it's not so much about, it's about winning the championship that year only. Right. Like what, there's no dynasty stuff happening at the college level. Not like what maybe there used to be. Mm-hmm. Kids don't come back and try to win a championship again. They win one. And are just like, great, I'm going to, I'll see you later. You know, I'm going to cash you my multi-million dollar NBA deal. Right, yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. Basically, I think, yeah, you get these minor league systems and they bring out the guys that would just bounce in a year or two. And maybe that maybe that solves everything. Solves. <laughs> maybe. Or maybe it just reduces the issue a little bit. But, uh, yeah. Well, who you got going through? Uh, Michigan's got a good team this year, too. Honestly, it's hard to really say until we get the exact brackets. Because a lot of times it's just matchups. Um, yeah, matchups, matchups are, are, are going to be crucial. Key. Yeah, I do like – I like Michigan. Be, Michigan's a hard team to prepare for because their offense is so intricate. Like, if you're not in the same conference as them and you have to face them after, like, one day off, you're basically screwed because yeah. – um, if you looked at the year they went to the championship game, of course, Louisville had to, uh, you know, <laughs> take their banner down the year that they won because Rick Pitino was paying uh, prostitutes and everything. So, of course, Michigan's not going to get their that banner right. because right. of well, whatever. Um, that's a different – well, maybe. Uh, but man, that's, that's just like so sour, though. Yeah. You can't even imagine. Yeah. Um, but anyways, if you looked at – so they're – Whenever they would play teams on like the the beginning of that week, where you play like that team on a Thursday, where you had a whole week to prepare, all those games were very close. They'd win by like four or six, or whatever. But then the games uh, two days later, they'd win by like twenty, and it's yeah. just because you can't prepare for some of that stuff. So it really kind of depends on yeah who they play the first day versus who they play two days later. So for me, man, everybody is. 
at least around the Michigan area, right? We're all just singing states' praises, number two in the nation, all this other stuff. Uh-huh. They've kind of had a garbage year, if I got to say it. They've had some weird wins. Yeah. They didn't even look that great today against Wisconsin. Right. And uh, and there was a stretch where they, they just barely hung on by, like, a bucket. And it's uh, the, against... the weirdest thing where if you look at who state played in league – they only played each like each of the top five teams once, all of them. So just like, how did you guys manage that? <laughs> like, I don't know. You played Purdue once. You played Michigan once. You played Ohio State once. It's like what? Like, I, I I like. Uh, I mean, Homer, you know, fan here, obviously. So I'm I'm going to be rooting heavily for State, but it is going to depend on the bracket for me. Right. But I'll tell you what. Anybody that's not paying attention to Michigan is making a huge mistake. This is a team that beat. Ohio State and Michigan State, and almost beat Purdue. I think they almost beat. Yeah, Purdue. they lost to Purdue by like two or three points both times. It's just like Ugh. right. <laughs> they're just they're they're one of these like scary teams, and and I really do feel like uh, you know, it it will kind of boil down to to where they get seated and and who else is in that bracket, but. Um, I think that team can pretty much stand toe to toe with anybody in the country. Yeah, and it should be interesting. I mean, you got the uh, you got some games in Detroit this year, so maybe oh yeah, right. You should go check them out. If uh, I mean, I'm sure State will be in Detroit for the first two games. I mean, it's it's right. They're gonna do that. The NCAA is not gonna just like kick them out to California. Right. I doubt it. Right better or for worse like they kind of you know they, tv they, ratings right and they want somewhere. they want some people actually in the crowd <laughs> so it's yeah, like, yeah they do just, okay detroit just go just go make it basically a home game for like the 15 seed that's you know playing them <laughs> yeah yeah uh why can't we have any games in hawaii it's just like that would make no sense but whatever just throw them a bone yeah. Uh, but all right, man. What is uh? Unless you got anything else to say about the NCAA, what what are you doing for your second brewski? All right, second brewski. Um, I'm split here. I don't know what to do next. I did a little bit of a fruity thing in the beginning. I might save this other one that I've got for the end. Okay. So I'm gonna go with uh, my favorite thing: cheap date session ale. Ah. Uh, this is from Arcadia Ales. Uh, so it's a session, which means it doesn't have as much like ABV. Right. And it, I'm trying to figure out. Why do they call it a session? Of... If it's like, I think it's because you can just drink a ton of it or. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's not going to just like hammer you over the head. Okay. Um, but what, I don't even know what this thing is. Session ales are, they're usually like IPA based, aren't they? I have no idea. I don't know if it's just a, a blanket term that you use for lower yeah, ABV stuff. Definitely smells hoppy. It definitely smells like pretty much like, a, like what it is. I guess I should look that up. What a session ale actually kind of means. Here, I can I've do always that. taken it to mean like a, a lower ABV. Hoppy beer is kind yeah. of what I think it is. Well, I'll look that up, and then you can, uh, while you're drinking it and giving us the uh, what you think. That's definitely what it tastes like. It's got a, uh, you know what is interesting, at least about this beer, 
is the end of it has some sort of floral notes that remind me a bit not not spot on obviously but a bit like uh like that belgian beer we liked okay the or the Orville, uh, or yeah the or okay yep uh, a a very uh, hint of this Orville Trappist floral notes at the end of this beer on this cheap date, which is making this actually really interesting for me because uh, I kind of like it. I okay. mean, Orville's a great beer. Yeah. This is sort of like a cheap, watered-down version of that, so I'm, I'm sort of torn. Uh-huh. But at the same time, it's like I wasn't expecting the the sort of floral notes there, so I kind of like it. Okay, nice. Um, and for what is a session beer, according to uh, com, it's a session beer is a beer low in alcohol with can be consumed in large, large quantities, blah, 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 without feeling intoxicated. That usually means the beer is between 3 and 5% alcohol by volume, which means all your Budweiser's and Bud Lights are session beers. <laughs> They're all session beers. Yeah. Um. So if I look this up, I looked up Arcadia Cheap Date Session Ale. Uh, Beer Advocate is classifying this as a pale gold ale. Okay. With a fine white head and a gorgeous aroma mirrored by its flavor. Overlooked with tropical citra hops, citrusy Simcoe hops, and a malty balance. I don't know really about all that, but (laughs) it's... uh, it's definitely got for anybody that's had that Trappist Orville. It's it's got that, it's it's in that neighborhood. Okay, well, I interest me like that. I like the floor that kind of floral thing. But here's a, I think this part's interesting. So on the same website, it goes uh, back into the where the term session beer came from, and it comes from World War One Britain. When munition workers worked long, hard hours to make the ammunition, and they were given short session breaks, which would be a couple hours, where they usually spend it drinking at a local pub, and knowing that they'd have to go back working with ammunition, they needed beers that wouldn't get them tanked. So they called these beers session beers, because there's enough to keep drinking for a couple hours and not be super intoxicated when you go back to pack bullets. So so there you go. There you go. Again, uh... World history is beer history. Just remember that. Um, Actually, kind of true too. I like yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> but so okay. One last thing about this peanut butter milk stout. When you smell it, it definitely smells like peanut butter. Like, and when I lift it up to my glass, you can really get that peanut buttery kind of aroma, but you don't get much of the taste. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, it's there's a little bit in there, but it's not like. It's interesting. But, um, all right, so the next one I got is another Arizona beer. Um, it is the Grand Canyon Brewing Company Coffee Bean Stout. And they call this okay. a flav- the flavor bomb feature inside. I don't know what that means. But um, I'm trying to figure out where in Arizona this is actually made. Williams, Arizona. Don't know where that is. It's in Arizona, but <laughs> but is a so, <laughs> so it, it's one of the larger glass bottles. It's one pint, six fluid ounces, but it's got like the the wax dipped t- 
top over the yep. uh which is kind of annoying when i gotta pull this wax off god damn it <laughs> so so you can't just pop the label or the the bottle you gotta rip through wax all right just a second <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate the uh, the extra effort for the wax top, but sometimes it's like it's not really that necessary. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like you got the wax for the Maker's Mark bottles, but even then, I feel like you can still open it without spending ten hours removing the wax. Right. I, I think I got enough wax off to. All right. Let's see if this. Let's pour this. See if this is um, worthy of having a wax top on it, anyways. A bold move for a beer to put the wax top on. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of a pain. Got to be good, or else like it's just gonna be laughable. Yeah. Now you're just churching it up for no reason. Right. They do say it's a legendary brewery. The Grand Canyon Brewing Company is located in historic downtown Williams, Arizona, the gateway to the Grand Canyon. Stop in next oh time you're near the Southern Rim. So it's not really a legendary brewery. It's just a brewery next to the Grand Canyon. Right. <laughs> right. So, but there is a very large head when you poured this thing. I didn't pour it like a sap like I do sometimes. But you got a nice... So this has been sitting for a good 30, 45 seconds. You still have maybe an inch of foam on the top. Ooh, that smells weird. Does it? <laughs> Man, sometimes these coffee bean stouts are really good, but... It smells like there's like like a jalapeno or a, uh, a pepper, like a spicy pepper in it. Interesting. Which, I don't know. Yeah, uh, not for a coffee bean stout. <laughs> That's, um, I don't think it's my glass. <laughs> Probably not. Like, I don't, so, okay, well, I'm going to taste this now. I don't know what the hell they're talking about with any of that labeling. <laughs> it doesn't taste like a stout. I'm not getting coffee beans. It smells like a chili pepper. What did they do to it? Like, what, what did you what do? What is it? Maybe that's why it's wax top. Like, don't open that. Don't open it. <laughs> I mean, nobody will just collect it. Dear they won't even, God. Like... Yeah. <laughs> All right, you got... Um, I'm even trying to, like, dig for the maltiness. Maybe there's a little bit. You got a little bit of that kind of, like, chalky malty thing going on. Yeah. Yeah. But it's it's so hard to get past this just like funky it's not like a skunked smell, but it's just so hard to get past the smell when you're drinking it. I'm just gonna drink straight out of the bottle. Maybe that oh, weird. So strange when beers just go so far off the rails like that. Yeah, legit. Not getting any real um coffiness, but I definitely taste a bit of like pepper to it maybe they put the wrong beer in <laughs> like like <laughs> just like, mislabeled it yeah it's like dude you put the wrong sticker on this bottle 
Ah, so weird. Sweet Jesus, yeah. Okay. Um, Grand Canyon Brewing Company, pass on the coffee bean stout because this is just like sweet Jesus. I don't. Oh, man. Ugh. That what do they do? That, like, how do you mess up a coffee bean stout, man? It's pretty straightforward. Seriously. I mean, stouts, they're, you know. Generally, they naturally have the coffee sort of built in. Yeah, so I most of the time. Yeah, man, I and I saw that um, um, that New Mexican like Java stout that I sent you. I mean, that one is one of the best coffee stouts I've ever had. The I'm trying yeah. to the uh, Santa Fe uh, Java stout. It's freaking amazing. And most really of good. the beers I've had in this area, I, I would not put the word "freaking amazing" in front of it. But that one, I don't know what they figured out, but they know what they're doing. They need a Grand Canyon. He's a call, call Santa Fe and figure out what <laughs> the heck's going on. Right. Ugh. Okay. I'm just going to be drinking more of my peanut butter milk stout for the time being. Oh, uh, man. Put the wax back on. Right. Uh, okay. So we. <laughs> I will not be drinking that for St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> no. But no. Uh, with that coming up, we're tr- trying to figure out how did St. Patrick's Day become like a, a major holiday drinking holiday in the states like where did that come from like I mean it's like we yeah just... like why I mean it's just weird to me right I don't really remember St. Patrick's Day being such a giant deal until probably college for me right yeah I think maybe you'd but wear green then, like... in in like growing up you like you go to yeah. How much school? You, like, if you didn't wear green, you get pinched or punched or something. I don't know. Somebody was going to do something to you. <laughs> right. It was not going to be good, whatever it was. Yeah. But, but why, though? Why do we have this, like, such this, like, love affair with St. Patrick's Day? It, I, it, I, I put St. Patrick's Day and Cinco de Mayo together because neither of them have anything to do with the United States. Like, there's just nothing None. at all involved, but we love to drink. It for some reason. I don't know if it was like Guinness and the other beer companies were like, okay, let's make it a reason to drink. Almost like how you have these like every day is like natural national pizza day or national yeah, ice cream day. Right. It's like it's like okay. it's like the uh, you know the, the milk organization was like, all right, we got pizza sales kind of slumping. We gotta you know we gotta get a reason to people to buy milk and cheese. So it's cheese day. Woo! So I don't know if like. Right. Guinness was like the very first people to do that. Like, okay, we need to sell some more Guinness in the states. No one's buying it, so let's just start advertising it as a drinking holiday. And uh, honestly, I have no idea. It, it, like, it's because caught on. I mean, I guess any country's sort of trying to increase their stake in the states. Just find make up a drinking holiday. We'll right. adopt it. Right. So, okay, I have something that we need to start doing. We need to make Boxing Day a giant drinking day. That We should try yes. to start that. We're going to make Boxing Day, um, which is parts of other British commonwealths like Canada and Australia or whatever. Let's, yeah. let's try to turn yeah, yeah. that into just a giant drinking holiday. We're going to need our, our listeners' help for this. But, yes, we need to do this. And it's of course the thing is it's the day after Christmas, so I don't know if that's the necessarily the best day. Um, that might be tricky. I don't think <laughs> I don't think there's a better day then. That is true. Okay, yeah, <laughs> fair enough. You probably you probably had the day off anyways, but um, yeah, 
Can you imagine, like, if that actually becomes, like, a giant drinking day? You would have, essentially, like, Christmas Eve tends to be a big drinking day for yeah. some people. Yeah. Uh, Christmas itself is a bit of the, uh, all right, let me just recoup for my Christmas Eve shenanigans slightly. Right. And then you get Boxing Day. Yeah. And that just sets it up for, like, New Year's coming right around the corner. Yeah. I mean, it's called Boxing Day. Think how many, like, tie-ins we could do with that. I just, right. I feel like we, this is our, this is our mission. We're going to turn, we're going to turn Boxing Day into the next great, not American, but turned American drinking day because we need, we need more. Yes. We need more. Right. Right. We do. We need more. So Boxing Day 2018 is going to be a huge drinking day for two dudes at a six pack. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if... We, It'd be great if we could find a, a drinking day for like May or something, but we'll we'll if we can f- figure something out, we'll find it. But yeah, for right. now, I don't know if there's something in like a big Indian holiday that we can kind of uh, <laughs> put together. But Boxing what, Day, what do Indians drink? What do they really drink over there? Aren't um, they kind of anti-alcohol? Uh, I think it just depends. I mean, you got Kingfisher, which is I think a giant okay um, beer. It's very just kind of one of those skunky. Beers that comes in the light green bottles. It's yeah. it is a terrible Typical tasting beer. But Kingfisher, yeah, yeah. they they I mean they have like a, a racing team. They have a soccer team. You know everything's Kingfisher over in. Uh, I think it's named after like a fish or a bird. I think it's a bird actually. Or at least on the might lake. be a bird. But like with the spice palette over there, you'd think there'd actually be some pretty decent beers coming out of there. Right. Yeah, you would think so. Why is that? I mean, I think you could do a lot of different things with, like, allspice and everything else. One I don't would, know. One would think. Man, so I just... Lazy. I, I just typed in big world holidays into Google, and all my re- all the search responses came up in Thailand language. Like, like really weird Asian writing. I'm like, what? That's, what? That's not how that's supposed to go. <laughs> no, man. Yeah, check your firewall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's going on here? What's happening? Okay, St. Lucia days in December, Christmas, Kwanzaa. I don't think the two of us could get away with a drinking Kwanzaa holiday. Probably not, no. <laughs> Mardi Gras. Oh, man. Oh, no, that's a Muslim holiday, so we probably can't do that. Oh, yeah, we definitely can't turn that into a, <laughs> a boozing holiday. Okay, let's. here we go. Let's see. Here's a holiday called Songkran. It's in Thailand. There we go. It's a special three days. We got three days. Oh, yeah. These are Win- my favorite ones. Winter Festival, April 13th through 15th. It marks Songkran, the Buddhist celebration of New Year. So it's basically like Buddha's New Year. So we're drinking like New Year's, but in the middle of April. Here you go. I like it. Songkran. Yeah. We got Oban in Japan. Ramadan. I don't think we could. I don't think we can drink for Ramadan. I think that's about as sacrilegious no. as you get. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> we don't want to be uh, disparaging the holiday necessarily. Yeah. But I definitely feel like Boxing Day. That's gonna happen. Yes. We got. We got a year. Or we yes. got like ten months to turn this into something huge. All right. Boxing Day 2018. Yeah, be the time. and we're going to remind you guys every single episode 
or Boxing yes. Day. So spread the news. We're up. turning Boxing Day into the – and so <laughs> it started here on Two Dudes in a Six-Pack. Right, exactly. <laughs> Remember it. Yeah, yeah. But do you have – so do you have any other, like, drinks that you like to drink on St. Patrick's Day while we're talking about St. Patrick's Day? <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, so I did the green beer thing in college. I, I can't do it nowadays. It's typically like what is it? Usually a keg of Coors Light with or, a ton of green food coloring in it. I think it's usually whatever keg's about to go bad. They just just put something green <laughs> right. in it. We'll sell it. Right. Yes. Um. I so I I don't do that. I I have a hard time with the Guinness unless I can find the right kind of Guinness. Right. And it's got to be the the nitro stout, which uh, you had a hard time finding. I think the last time we were talking. Right. You gotta do the if you're buying it for yourself. If you gotta get the nitro cans, the bottles do not give it the. It doesn't have the widget, really. So you don't get that same creaminess. Um, right. If you're gonna go no. to Irish pub, but you, they gotta pour it right, which is also sometimes a problem. Right. It is a problem. I was just going to go there, too, because nowhere here can they pour a legit pint of Guinness. And there, there's, like, an art to this thing. Yeah, like, every pour takes, like, 90 seconds or maybe it's two minutes. But it's, like, a very it's, specific length of time to pour it. Yeah, you, you wait to get this thing right. I had a – what was that Irish pub in the thing? Yeah, Clada. Claude Irish Pub in East Lansing. I don't know if it's still there. I, I believe it, it is. is. I think it is. Okay. All right. So they do a good job. They yeah. do a really nice job. Um, and the atmosphere is kind of nice. You know, when I was in East Lansing, that was pretty much the as I got older and away from the green beer kegs. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, my St. Paddock's Day was basically go to go to Clada. Right. Um, it did some good Irish fare. Food wise, uh-huh. which is not saying a lot because Irish food is really not that great. Right. No offense, Ireland, but <laughs> you know, it's a lot of sauerkraut and a lot of uh, potatoes. Yeah. Pretty much covers the entire dish. Hopefully, you're not on the Atkins diet because you're screwed. <laughs> yeah, because you're totally, you know, you're starving to death. Yeah. If you're in, yeah. in Ireland. Um, but I do like a good shepherd's pie. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I'll try to uh, be. Being more of a whiskey guy, I try to make it more of a Jameson kind of day. Uh-huh. And uh, I like a JMO and coffee or just straight up. You know, that's that's sort of like more my speed. Okay, nice. Um, cool thing happened, actually. I was on a business trip in Chicago on St. Patrick's Day. And in Chicago, like, it's huge. St. Patrick's Day is basically like a Super Bowl day. Yeah. And uh, we went into this pub. And the service was just atrocious, but I used to tend bar for a little bit, so I get it. Like, I know what it means to be, like, super busy. And they had one dude running this bar, oh, and this geez. bar was maybe, like, 200 feet long. It was huge. Uh-huh. And so the guy felt bad for us, and he, he just comped us, like, two, uh, three fingers worth of JMO. And I was like, nice. you didn't even need to do that, but I'm going to, you know, I made sure that I, <laughs> I'll I drink made it, it back up on the hip side. Right. I'll drink it and and then help him out, you know, a little bit. But like, I wasn't even mad that we weren't getting great service because, right. like, St. Patty's Day, dude. I I get it, man. Like, you're busy, but um, I don't know what his name is or where we were at, <laughs> so I can't help with a shout out. But uh, good karma his way. For yeah, sure. I'm sure he's listening. 
<laughs> I'm sure yes, he's listening. Yes, he knows exactly what we're talking about. Yep. He's like, that's me. Yes. He's talking about me right now. <laughs> yes. Woo. <laughs> did you see that, Jameson? They have some special release uh, whiskeys coming out where they did t- a couple where they had it sit in different kind of beer casks. Like one, they did in an IPA cask naturally, and another they did in a stout cask. And I actually really want to try oh, this no, Jameson in the stout cask. I think that could – I feel like that makes sense. It would be really good. Yeah, you put yeah. it in your in your Guinness cask or whatever. I feel like the, the putting it in the IPA is kind of – like why? That's very American. Maybe you're trying to get – Yeah, make it bitter. You really want like a bitter taste to your whiskey? Um, I feel like the, the stout can add – I don't know. We'll see. I – I might grab the stout one. I've seen it for like thirty bucks, which you know for uh, whiskey's not terrible. So not terrible. No. I wish they'd put it in like the smaller bottle because usually you can get like the pint. If they got that in the pint for like fifteen bucks, I'd totally buy it just to test it out. Oh yeah. But yes. So are you a shooter of Jameson or do you sip it? Uh, it, I guess it would depend. Uh huh. It. it Preference with like the right kind of company, it's more of a sipping. Right. Neat, just sip it. But uh, the St. Patrick's Day, like out somewhere, Jameson, I usually would just shoot it. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm about the same way. You can't really sip Jameson while you're sitting out on like a patio while <laughs> while you're at St. Patrick's going Day. Crazy. Yeah. 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 Although it's still mixing it, those uh, shots with your uh, beer, that's what gets you, man. It is. It is. Yeah, that's where you always kind of end up in trouble. Um, I don't think I've ever really, you know, when I order Jameson, it's usually either as a shooter or in something like coffee. Right. Uh, if I'm going to sip it neat, I, I typically, nothing against, you know, Jameson because it's a good whiskey, but I, I go with. I, I like other things besides Jameson. I agree. I usually go with the scotch, like a single malt yeah. scotch I'm a fan of. Yep, yep. Uh, for me, I, I like, uh, what is it? I like Bullet. Okay, the bourbon. Uh, which I think is a rye. Yeah, or yeah. bourbon. Yeah. Um, and actually, there's like a, uh, there's a Japanese whiskey that's actually really good. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. Um. I think I'm actually like allergic to rye whiskey, and whenever I drink it, the next morning my throat's all closed up and everything. So I, I yeah, I pretty much just dr- don't drink the rye stuff now, just because I don't want to wake up no. <laughs> being like I can't breathe, <laughs> I can't breathe, bro. <laughs> right, right. I think it's Hibiki Harmony whiskey. I okay. think that's, uh, I think that's really good if you can find it. Yeah. Um, we used to stock it at this this bar I used to attend bar for for a short while. Okay. So like sometimes our shift drinks, like I would just take top shelf stuff and pour a couple, you know, uh, maybe a double of that and sip that at the end of the night while you're cleaning stuff up. I mean, why not, right? right. Yeah, might as well. <laughs> it's on on hand. Might as well. <laughs> yeah, might as well drink it, man. It's funny. Right. I feel right. like as you age, the lit the liquor you drink gets darker. Like when you first start drinking, it's clear you're drinking the vodkas because it's cheap. Right. It's rum. 
Yeah. The Bacardi rum is clear. The vodka is clear. Yeah. And then just five o'clock gin, probably. Five o'clock gin. <laughs> yeah, the pop off. That's just the, you know, yeah. the half Bad. gallon of pop off with the uh, quality dairy orange juice, which doesn't even taste like orange juice. It's just yes. you're just yes. punching your stomach repeatedly. But and then <laughs> right. as you get older, right. you're. I feel like you're the the liquors, at least for me, get darker. But especially since you're getting aged stuff, so it's darker from sitting in barrels for longer. Uh, although I still kind of mix in some some gin during the summertime. I feel like a, some gin drinks during the summer are fantastic. I, I'm growing back into gin. I fell off of it for a long time, uh-huh. but uh, the right gin is good. Oh, yeah, yeah. I just had, I'm trying to think. I just had some kind of a gin... Um, no, it wasn't straight martini. I can't even remember what it was, but I'm. I think there's a. It was cucumber based. Whenever I see cucumber, I was gonna say that man. Anything with gin is actually really good. Yeah, it's so refreshing. I will almost if there if I see a cocktail with cucumber in it, I will almost always just at least try it because I really like that fresh, like taste that cucumber provides. And so, yep. I don't know. I'm a big fan. If you can get like a, a nice. I had one of the best, it was in Miami, one of the best gin cucumber martinis, and it was fantastic. And it was like a little, like, the, this, the bar, I don't even know if you'd call it a bar, is like one guy standing behind this, like, countertop that might have been, like, four or five feet long. Like, so small. But they made, yeah. two, like, over 200 different kinds of martinis. And, like, this one guy made two, over 200 martinis. And uh, one of them was this this gin uh, cucumber thing, and it was just, you know, you could taste the gin, but I was like, you know, some gins go really heavy on that piney taste. Others aren't quite as heavy with that, but man, sometimes in the summertime, it's just, I'm a fan of that. I'm with you on the cucumber. I'm a, yeah, this one, the last one that I had, it didn't have, I don't think it had gin in it, mm. but it uh, it didn't, it did not. It was a, a Pim's cup. Okay. With cucumber, okay, and it was like really, you know, decent. I think it had some citrus in there. Yeah, uh, I can't remember what uh, the whiskey was. It was at a, a bar called uh, Low Bar here in Traverse City. Okay, and it was decent, it was super refreshing, and it like, you know, this was like in the winter time too, like legit winter when there's so much snow. We've kind of gotten a bit of a thaw lately, but right. Uh, it just kind of brought you back, like summers around the corner, you know. Like it was, it was decent. So yeah, I'm kind of with you. I see cucumber in a drink. When I was younger, I probably would have never touched it, but yeah. nowadays it's like that's actually that could be kind of good. Yeah, there's actually at, at a bar in Lansing called the Exchange. They have a cucumber martini, which I always liked. It's called the uh, like the good fortune or whatever. It came with a fortune cookie in it <laughs> as the garnish. Um, nice. But it, nice. yeah, I dug it. And they they use like the Hendrix gin. So I mean, they use some decent gin. Yeah, Hendrix is good. And yeah. uh, the bartender knew me, so I'd usually get a sweet little discount if I paid it all. Nice, <laughs> right? All also a, like a sweet benefit. Yeah, yeah. But um, so yeah, look for cucumbers. It's just <laughs> one of my uh, yeah bits of advice. You get a cucumber right. cocktail, you won't regret it. And if you do, don't ever go to that bar ever again because they don't know what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. 
either that or, or grow up like five <laughs> years and then come back. <laughs> yeah, that's true too. <laughs> All right, man, you ready for your brewski number three? I know I am. <laughs> yeah, man, you had a like a that was a, a bummer one that last was a time. Dud, man. It was so I actually this the session beer is holding up to its name because I didn't finish it in that that segment, but that's okay. I'm gonna table it. Um, so the next one, the last one that I have today is from the North Peak Brewing Company. That's out of Traverse City, Michigan. Uh, something I haven't had there. I'm, full disclosure, no offense to North Peak. I'm not a huge fan of this brewery. Um, but I appreciate them for a few different reasons. They they bottle their beers in like the little medicine bottle kind of thing, which I kind of okay. like. Stubby nice. little thing. So it's kind of classic. Okay. Uh, they do okay. There's a few of them that are, that are decent. Um, I picked this one up because it sounded kind of interesting. It also packs a bit of a punch. It's called Mellow. Okay. And it's a cherry hibiscus. So I'm interested about this cherry hibiscus. I'm hoping it's going to be super mild, kind of on the refreshing side. Uh, but it's got a 7.0 ABV, which oh, I man. found to be kind of, yeah, interesting. So uh, ending on a high note, <laughs> yeah, so to speak, <laughs> with this. But, um, but yeah, so I'm going to give this a shot. Again, never had this one before, but let's see. Not really any kind of aroma. That's always weird when that of, happens, which is, yeah. Yeah, super weird. Yeah, that's not bad. It's not like, uh, man, how would I describe it? It's malty, for sure. Okay. With a bit of like a Sam Adams cherry wheat sort of oh, feel okay. to it. Yeah. Kind of. But it's more toasty than it is uh, fruity, if that makes any kind of sense. Okay. I think, I, yeah, I get that. Yeah. It's heavier than I would have liked. Um, probably would have been better starting with this one and ending with the shock top because that one was so light. Oh, okay. But, you know, I'm not, like, hating it. <laughs> but I'm not blown away by it either. Right. It's, it's not, like, flooring me into be like, oh, this is amazing. Uh-huh. It's like, I get it. It's uh, basically, you know, it's not a bad beer with a, a bit of that cherry flavor in there. Okay, so it's drinkable. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> well, I will be... Yeah, uh it's drinkable. I will be finishing mine with a beer that I know is drinkable. Since the place I had was very limited in the stouts that I could pick up, I basically grabbed all the stouts that they had. And this one I've had before. It's been a long time since I've had this. Probably too long since I last had this. But this is Samuel Smith's Oatmeal Stout. And probably the Ooh, most yes. um, recognized oatmeal stout, I'd, if I could step out and say that. But Samuel Smith Samuel might... Smith's Oatmeal Stout. Yeah, they, they might be the best UK all-around brewery. Yeah, I like them a lot. So, And I, I like their glass bottles. It's got that Samuel Smith printed like or raised into the glass. It's just super old-fashioned. It's got the, 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 like the tinfoil wrapping over the bottle. Yep. They give you one pint, 2.7 fluid ounces, so they give you a little, little extra 
after you finished your when you thought your pints finished. No, you got almost three more ounces right. left of beer. Surprise. No. <laughs> so I pour it, and of course it's got little uh, head. Gonna wait for that to go down. I'd love to see some of these Samuel Smiths with nitrogen. I know that'll never happen. They're very old school. They're very old school, but that would be really good. Yeah. There's certain beers where you're just like, man, if this was nitrogen infused, this could be great. Although, yeah, there is so a way good. you could nitro infuse your own beer at home. <clears throat> there's Interesting. Actually, there's actually, you can get, you know those like whipped cream canisters that you get? That you and they they use the little whippet nitrogen containers that you yeah, uh, you kind of yeah, yeah. make your own whipped cream. You can actually instead of putting milk into this, you can put any other liquid in, including beer. So you could pour your beer into that if you have it, and then pour from the the container, the whipped cream container, into a glass, and you'll be infusing it with nitrogen. It won't be to the quite the same same extent as what you'd get at the store, but you still pumping nitrogen into it so you will get a bit of a creaminess to it if you want to go that way because i know i have right. stuff for doing that with coffee so if you like those cold nitrogen coffees have you ever have you had one of those before a nitrogen coffee i have not had a nitrogen coffee no it is it's like kind of like a guinness but just coffee it's pretty nice. freaking good it just adds a little extra creaminess yeah, to it definitely but, on board for yeah. that you gotta. I mean, there's only. You probably have to go to like a a locally owned coffee shop. They're more likely to have it. I don't think Starbucks does that. There's just too much extra right. Right. stuff. But all right, this is poured. Let's take a sip. It does not smell like chili peppers. <laughs> a good sign. Ah oh, man, there's just. You know, a good beer as soon as it touches your mouth, it's just. It's not too heavy. There's those beers like, yeah. I'm always interested with the with the oatmeal stuff because you're like, I don't really taste any oatmeal. (laughs) But right, it's I don't know. It's just got like a little bit of that raisiny kind of flavor to it. A little bit of, you got a little bit of that kind of barley esque bit to it. But nothing's overpowering, and everything just kind of like lingers together perfectly. Just works. Yeah, it um, just works. Yeah. I don't. I don't often buy the Samuel Smith beer, but you know when I do, though, it's it's one of those beers where it's just like uh, it's super relaxing when you have one. Yeah, like, man, relaxing this is, like, is the perfect really word. Good. That is the like. As soon as I sipped it, I was like, ah, I could just like sit down in a leather chair and read a book <laughs> or something. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, it's like, that's exactly like the feeling. I think I was still just kind of pent up over my, whatever the hell the last, the Grand Canyon thing was. So. <laughs> right. Right. I'm still perplexed by that. I. They, they must've, they must've uh, made a mistake. Maybe. I mean, the, the weird, so the weird thing is, at least I've noticed around here, I feel like a lot of times the beers are mislabeled. Or just, like, I went to this brewery. <clears throat> Somebody was doing a show, and so I went to support, and I hadn't been there before. So I got, like, two different flights to just kind of sample all the beers since I'd never been there before. They had yeah, one, yeah. like, chocolate Perfect. chocolate stout, which was great. 
They used it, and there was another porter, which is really good, because they used um, a Mexican vanilla in it, which is a little different from regular Ooh, vanilla. Nice. And that one was like, so they're, surprisingly, the, in this Tucson, Arizona bar, the best beers were the darker beers. Um, the IPAs were terrible. They smelled like marijuana and gym socks. And uh, <laughs> a lot of the other ones I just like, you know, not a real fan of. But then I saw, I, I was writing like a, a blog post to review it, and I was on like the website to so because I couldn't remember all the names, uh, right? At least of the kinds. And so when I was looking at the website, I was going through. I was like, "There's no way that beer is under that category." Like, absolute. Like I knew for a fact it couldn't be that because there was like some beer that maybe right. was made with like a tea, but they were labeling it as like an IPA on the website. Is like, no, nothing. Absolutely not. Like, I don't know where this labeling is coming from, but uh, I don't know if they're just like, just call it IPA. People will buy it. But <laughs> right, right. Exactly. But I don't know. But side note, before we get oh, into no. the next topic, this will probably be the last uh, episode we do. That's just go straight to YouTube. The website should be up beginning of March. So you'll have an actual You'll actually be able to listen to it on your phone, another device. Yeah. yeah, it'll be legit again, and then we'll be, uh, you know, putting our blog posts and other stuff on it. So that is coming the next a little later than I would have liked, but that's on me. Um, but that'll be coming in the next couple weeks. So before the next episode launches, should have that up and ready. So just throw that out there while that's I was on the topic. Yeah, that's uh, awesome news. Yeah. That should be uh, so looking forward to that. But um, <clears throat> figure our last topic, we would do a little hodgepodge. I was listening to a different podcast, and they were talking about the toy, the New York Toy Fair that was going on. And the Toy Fair is kind of an exclusive thing where they show products to stores, trying to get them to stock their stores for the upcoming year. A lot of it, you know, you got a lot of. Um, you know, action figures for upcoming movies and all those other things. And I thought it'd be kind of cool if Chris and I just kind of went into our the other the old toys and collectibles that we used to, or maybe still currently do, collect along the way. And if that's changed at all, because I don't know, we I feel like I don't know, maybe it was different for guys and girls or something. But I know I used to collect a lot of stuff or different kinds of things along the way. So <clears throat> I oh mean, yeah, dating for way sure. back. So I don't know. Do you have any, like, I guess we can start at our youngest ages and go up to currently. But what was, like, what was, like, that really first kind of thing you really got into that you just had to have? I think the first thing for me was probably Lego stuff. Okay. Like, I remember getting Lego sets at a really, you know, young age and being kind of, like, on the verge of, like, obsessed with those things. Yeah. Um. So, you know, like... It was like a lot of that, like castle stuff. Mm -hmm. This was back when Lego, they didn't have any licensing deals. So it was all just like um, generic kind of like things. But I think that was like my, my youngest thing was, was probably like a Lego series. Yeah. I have to agree with that. I was, I loved the castle stuff. I, that was mm -hmm. like, I was so into all of that. You'd have, uh, I, I still remember when they finally released like sets with, the, the actual like that, that green dragon like that I was like oh man they got a dragon in it now this yeah, is cool right and just like 
you had yeah, and there was like different frac- uh, factions, whatever that you could com- like fight against each other. And yep, I just, yep. I just absolutely there's yeah, so many different sets, and I just absolutely loved those things. You you always knew it was good when you'd open the box and you had like that that big green rectangular thing that had like the catwalk that led up to uh, you know <laughs> right, the raised right. thing, and it was always. The, I don't know. Like, there's so many just great Lego, and like, I don't know. That's yeah, by far one of my favorite. I still like Legos, but I remember growing up being like, "Why don't they have Star Wars Legos? This is stupid." <laughs> like, why? I don't understand. No, uh, I actually, uh, I wish I still had this thing. Um, but I remember. So what I used to do when I was a kid is I was actually paint my Legos to be custom so i would paint the superman logo on some or the uh the sports uh figures on some i actually wrote lego a letter uh-huh. when i was a kid and they sent me a letter back good on them nice and they like the letter thinking back on this i had no idea what it meant at all but my question was why isn't there like a detroit red wings lego set you know or uh a Detroit Tigers, you know, Lego set. And uh-huh. the response back, I don't think I have this anymore, but they told me basically that they didn't have the rights to use that kind of stuff. So they were like getting into like this intellectual property stuff long before, you know, I myself even knew really what that even was. Uh-huh. Um, but I just thought it was kind of cool, you know, that they at least respond back and, and told me like, yeah, that'd be a, a great idea, but we can't do it because of these reasons. I'm still waiting for Lego to give me the royalty checks. Now that they started <laughs> licensing stuff. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. I think, I, I, think I, I started that whole revolution, but maybe not. They're like, the six-year-old kid in Michigan's brilliant. Let's steal his idea. <laughs> it's like, yes. Right, yes. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> but we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, like... Yeah, so the castle stuff was my favorite. I had a few of like the space stuff. I wasn't as much into the space ones, but yeah, sp- same here, same. It was almost all, and then I had a couple pirate things, but again, not a a lot of the pirates. I don't even think they make the pirate Legos anymore or anything not like, like that. The, no, not like the generic stuff. Now it it would all be like Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, yeah. But it wouldn't be like the just straight up. Nope, just pirates. Some of those battleships were cool, man. Like, like the pirate ships yeah. were awesome. I, w- I kind of wish I had more of that pirate stuff now that I look back at it, because those are pretty cool. And They, they kinda... were always... Oops, sorry. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say that they, was... they, they, they merged perfectly with your castle stuff. Like, you could actually put them together, kind of. It sort of makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yep. They've always been expensive, though. Forever. Oh, Legos are so expensive, yeah. Like, even back then, they were expensive. All those big sets, like, the sweet ones were just, like, way too expensive. It's like $100? What? <laughs> yeah, really? right. And I have to build yeah. it? <laughs> I know, right, exactly. I'm doing your just job. Like, doing your job. It's like five bucks worth of plastic in here. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, those jerks. <laughs> but, yeah, so I know, like, at the same time, I was really into Legos. I was really into, like, G.I. Joe's was kind of a too like i loved yeah i had to get the gi joes i had so many vehicles and guys and just, just i don't know that was i mean and not like the the, the big gi joe dolls like they had back in like when our parents were growing up there's always like that three and three quarter inch 
plastic figure with the rubber band yeah. that was holding the, the rubber band. Yeah, right. that way if you twisted the figure too many times, like the the top would snap off of the uh, the yeah. bottom, and then you're just devastated because you have just like this ripped apart doll. But man, yeah, I loved the. Those are my mom used to have to bribe me to go to violin lessons by getting me a new GI Joe figure like every week. Nice, but, nice. Yeah, uh, Snake Eyes is like my favorite GI Joe character. Yeah, Snake Love Eyes that was guy. cool. That guy was awesome. Um, I didn't grow up with a lot of GI Joes. Like, it seemed to me like there's so I had like the Lego sets, but I knew a kid that had all the GI Joe stuff. Mm-hmm. So like it was kind of like this cohesive thing, right? right? He would come over to play Legos here, but I would go over to his place to play like the GI Joes because he had like the big uh, battle station thing and uh-huh. all the different uh, big giant vehicles that they all fit into. Yeah, uh, I mean some of that stuff was like there's all kinds of cool stuff on on the GI Joe front. Yeah. One thing I yeah. loved about the G.I. Joe thing, so they had this one, it was like a big vehicle, but then you could get side vehicles that were less expensive and would fit like one guy, and they would actually snap right. into this bigger vehicle. And so yeah. it was it was, oh, it was awesome. So like you'd get all the side vehicles and you'd put it into the, I don't think I actually got the, like the full-size big one before, but um, there was so many different things. Just like, oh, man, going back. Those those vehicle sets were so cool. I love just having like battles in my room for hours. Just yes, and, and then you just bring up random toys. You're like, oh, I got these Lincoln Logs. We'll just yeah, we'll build a fort out of the Lincoln Logs. And it's like, who who gave me the Lincoln Logs? It's probably some stupid ant or whatever. I don't know. And then you just you just I don't know. You're building crazy sets. I don't need, I don't know if kids do that anymore, but I don't know. Don't but know. they should, man. It was always like the best part of growing up was probably just like the mix up between all the different stuff. Yeah. Yeah, you really did do like the Toy Story kind of thing where you're just grabbing random toys and doing different stuff. Granted, Andy from Toy Story had some pretty lame ass toys. I mean, I'm just gonna put that out there. His toys kind of sucked. Like, he started to upgrade with Buzz Lightyear, and that was it. He stopped. <laughs> like that was that was. And even Buzz like was pretty much like a gas station knockoff of a space figure. Yeah, yeah. It's like okay, so you got a pull string Woody doll. And this thing and a slinky. A little bit peep for some reason. <laughs> yeah. Andy, go talk to your mom. She's getting you the wrong kind of toys. See? See, if Andy's mom wouldn't have cheated on her, Andy's dad and left him, he would have had some cool-ass toys. But no, Andy's mom left right. Andy's dad. And right. who knows what happened to Andy's dad. But, uh... Or it's maybe... mom's fault. <laughs> yeah, we're blaming it on the mom. Because the dad seems to get blamed every other time. So we're blaming it on the mom. So Andy's dad did not just leave them and uh, just peace out. We're... Right. <laughs> did you ever play with anything called Food Fighters? Oh, man, a little bit, but it was never – I think I was so into G.I. Joe's, a lot of the other action figure kind of things I just didn't go for. Yeah, we're just sort of, like, weird. This is, like, one of those fringe things that I, like, kind of collected growing up. Okay. Was uh the food fighter thing? So there, it's a weird thing because it was like pieces of food with army helmets and muscle arms and legs <laughs> for some reason. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And they're just big, giant plastic, even kind of like squishy kind of things. I remember having the, I had like a burger and a piece of pizza, and uh, I think maybe <laughs> some fries or something like that. Uh huh. 
I don't know why, like, I like these things. And, and they rode around in, like, this uh, plastic egg carton thing that shot, uh, <laughs> I think they were supposed to be, like, tomato rings. Right. It was just, like, a big, giant red with, uh, red, like, circle with, like, uh, 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 that little, like, fin in the middle of it. Uh-huh. For whatever reason, it's just, like, a just total just nonsense. Um. And I had a bunch of those things. I used to love those things. Oh, yeah, man. There were so many. They probably had some, uh, like, McDonald's deals, too, where you get the McDonald's toys. They had to have had some kind of deal with a fast food restaurant at some point. Oh, I'm, I'm sure they did. <clears throat> I'm sure they did. But, but, yeah, the other thing that I, I was a big collector of was, this, we've kind of hinted at this on the show, but just comic books in general. Uh-huh. Like, I inherited, I didn't inherit because uh, my dad's, uh, he didn't, like, bequest them to me, but he gave them to <laughs> me at at, at, at at some point. But, like, when I was little, like, he had these boxes of, of comics, um, and they were just in these giant bags, uh-huh. and they no real rhyme or reason for them. And, and I took some time to, like, put them in individual bags and backings and all the other stuff, and uh just kind of started to care for them right but like that's what like he used to read those to me and my sister like when we were going you know going to go to bed or something he'd like pick out a he'd have us pick out like a comic book or something so i've, I've forever have like collected these comics and i guess that's probably the, the one thing that i still kind of collect uh-huh. you know from that from that era yeah even though they're worth nothing now. <laughs> they're not worth anything now. Right. You might have one or two that are worth something where, like, characters were first introduced, but for the most part. It's yeah, just like... for the most part, it's it, they increase in value, but only at the pace of inflation. Right. Yeah, that's So, true. like, when it, it cost me, like, $2 back in fifth grade or whatever to buy a Spider-Man comic book. Whereas nowadays it'll cost you five bucks. Mm-hmm. All of the ones from the fifth grade days are now worth five bucks. There you go. <laughs> you know? so there you go. They didn't lose value, I guess, but they, they didn't gain anything. Right. That's kind of like, yeah. There's no way you're selling. I was that. big into collecting like baseball and football cards, mostly baseball cards, but it was just like collecting and collecting, being, I'm going to retire and be rich off of all these baseball cards. Mooha-ha-ha. Right. Like I loved. Just you know, trying to collect a dollar five, so I go down to the the local like gas station and grab a pack of cards. You know, every gas station yeah. used to have baseball and football card packs. I don't think they yep. have. They don't. They don't do that anymore. Like I, no, not you have to go don't. to a special section in the grocery store just for cards. And usually there's some <laughs> right. some kind of crazy like Japanese card game that I that I don't understand. But right, it's yeah, it's like they got so mass produced. And so overpriced that just no one, everyone stopped buying them. And so it's just, it's, they're worthless. Now, unless you have a card from like the 50s that has a Lou Gehrig on it or something, it's just going to be pointless. It's like, sorry, your cards are worth nothing now. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Uh, it's kind of depressing, man. Like, all the money that, I mean, like, that was like hard-earned money when I bought a pack of like baseball or I was like one of the hockey kids too, which is uh-huh. even worse, <laughs> you know, like those things aren't worth anything nowadays. Right. 
Because <clears throat> there was like that for so... I got so many like Star Wars toys. And I got it in my head early that oh, if I just don't ever play with these and enjoy them... They'll right. be worth. Right. They'll be worth so right. much money when I'm older. So I would buy the action figure, kind of in, like enjoy looking at it in the package, but <laughs> never open yeah. it. So I I have like yes. boxes back at my mom's house. I probably have like seventy action figures still in the package, still in the box. I think I have a couple of vehicles still in the box. I have so many just <laughs> random things still in the box. And there might be two that have actually that are, you know, okay, maybe worth something. Everything else is just like, dude, you should have just played with it as a kid, man, because that, that <laughs> you had more fun with it. That thing is worth nothing now. Nothing. I think I was starting to like I was getting into the action figures for Star Wars stuff right at that fringe time where you're not really playing with toy action figures that much anymore it's just kind of yeah. it's on like that tipping point where you're like maybe you are but you don't want any of your friends to know about it so you right. kind of uh, right. that's not cool and so you're kind of like well i'm, I'm collecting them see I'm, I'm obviously not playing with them if they're still in the box so yes yes so, now it's just a collection yeah it's not a toy anymore yeah now i could probably go to some store <laughs> some secondhand store and sell most of them for like three bucks a pop or something right. Right. ridiculous. I don't know. Maybe I'll one of these days I'll get a magazine and price them out and see what if anything's worth anything, but probably not. The, just... the crappy thing is, is even if you go to sell it, they lowball you so hard on the on whatever they're willing to give you, like they'll sell it for what you see on the internet. Right. But what you actually got for that thing is like way way low. Oh yeah, and like oh yeah, unless you have some super rare deformity figure that's like there's like four of them. Yeah, that, there's right. no other way you're gonna get any money for it, which is no, no, too bad. It's like I might as well just keep that box crate somewhere, and then like maybe when I have kids, give them to the here. You open them. <laughs> At least you can play with them. Because then I can just I can like gift them and wrap them, and they'll be like, oh, wow, it's still in the box. <laughs> Like, yes, yes, you don't even know that I'm just re-gifting stuff I bought 30 <laughs> years ago. Like, right. like, muahaha. But, uh, or I don't know. Genius. Yeah, just not tell your kid that you have all this Star Wars stuff until they're older and you give it to them. Like, wow. And then they just ruin it and you find out you actually did have stuff that was valuable. But, uh. <laughs> right. That'll be that. You'll give them to them, they'll open them, and that's when it's going to be worth, like, the... You know, <laughs> thousands of bucks. It's like it ripping hundred dollar bills in half with every just box <laughs> right. opening. Just exactly. No. Exactly. But yeah, and uh, I have. Uh, of course, I still I will still buy the random Star Wars toy. I don't buy the action figures really, but I'll still buy the random Star Wars thing. Um, nowadays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I will. I think I do the same thing. Sometimes I'll buy like the certain Funko Pops. Uh, those are kind of yep. like funky looking. I mean, they're just different. I like that. Or sometimes I'll get the uh, like the little like cast iron or not cast iron, but the uh, the the ships if they look cool that you just kind of put on like a little plastic peg that you kind of set somewhere. Sometimes those are yep. kind of cool. I used to think there were these um, these are some of my favorite toys that were uh, towards the end um, when I was getting into the Star Wars like box 
you know, not opening anything, but they were, they were the ships, but they were larger than your regular kind of Hot Wheels toy, whatever. They're actually, you know, probably a little about the size of your hand, maybe a li- little larger, and that deals with the perfect size. You could display them, and I just really, I don't, they don't make the, that size of thing anymore, and I don't even know what they were called now. But you, yeah, yeah, yeah. I absolutely loved. Like I had like the Boba Fett Slave One, and you had uh, like the tie-in receptors and everything. And I would just my whole room was just Star Wars toys. <laughs> and so, oh man, those things were awesome. Yeah, you know, there's kind of a there's actually a, a tabletop game out there right now that does something similar, not quite the same thing, but uh, similar at least in terms of scale. I think I know the, the game like... you mean. Yeah. Yeah, like a X-wing fighter or something like yeah, that. Yeah, like I know they sell a lot of that at Bar- like Barnes and Noble and stuff. Yeah, Some of those yeah, sets. but like the the Millennium Falcon is like to scale against like the X-wing. Okay. And then everything's to scale against like the Tie Fighter. Okay. You know, so like when you set it all up on like a tabletop, it actually kind of would look sort of like yeah, this was these these are kind of like the relative sizes of this stuff. Right. You know, TIE Fighters are really small. The Slave One's really b- kind of big. Yeah. You know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> so if you could have, random t- question, if you could own one spaceship, if we lived in the Star Wars universe and you had to own one ship, what would you be flying? Ooh, man, that is a great question. Boy, I'd have to, I, I'd have to give it a little bit of thought. Immediately, like knee-jerk reaction, kind of goes to the Millennium Falcon. Right. Yeah, you got some extra space. But that's mainly because. Yeah, and then like the crew of it too, right? Just like, um, you know, it's got some like cool history. Right. You know, Han Solo, Chewbacca, Lando Calrissian. Uh huh. Like all these like crazy cool bounty hunter type guys had it. Uh-huh. Flies, you know, fast. Even though it looks kind of like totally like garbage. Um, but well, personally, I always thought it looked p- pretty sweet. I think everybody kind of does, anyways. But yeah. oh man, yeah, that is like a that's like a really good question. You know what I always kind of liked? What's that? It was like the the tri imperial uh cruiser thing or transport. The thing that looked kind of like a triangle. Oh, like the, the wings that the wings that would go up like as it flew. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah the yeah. imperial shuttle. Yeah. Yeah, that thing was... Shuttle, that's what it was. That thing was cool, shuttle. I don't know why I liked it, but I just kind of, like... I always kind of, like, dug it. Yeah. I'm kind of... I'm thinking back to, like, the the Rogue Squadron days on um, the N64. Mm. Remember the one uh, that... uh, The shiny cruiser thing that they flew, I think, in Phantom Menace? That thing was kind of Oh, yeah, yeah, those were cool. Like, most of that, yeah, the Phantom Menace starships were sweet. Yeah, I movie was... was something different, but the <laughs> <laughs> spaceships were cool. I always thought if they had, if they gave the slave one like a black paint job, so it was all just like murdered out black. I feel like that thing. Yeah, was, that'd be pretty sweet. That'd be sweet. I mean, I like that. You know, they, we had to kind of. Oh, go ahead. I just I like that in the newer movies they've given all the black. I mean, all the bad guys like black spaceships, so they have like basically like the the black version of the Imperial shuttle. So I thought those were kind of cool yeah. looking, but um. But yeah, what were you gonna say? IG eighty eight had a kind of a sweet ship. I think what was his um, ship? I'm drawing a blank on that. I don't think I think you kind of only see it if you had like uh, 
I think he was in like some uh, cartoons or something like that. Okay. But I think he had kind of like a neat looking ship. Uh huh. Um, it was like sort of like a blocky, um, and just kind of looked kind of mean looking. Right. But uh, some of those bounty hunters, like you almost had to like pay attention to okay so this is another thing that i collected growing up uh-huh was the uh star wars collectible card game okay i don't know if you ever saw that i did but yeah. basically like most of my friends were playing magic and if i had been smart i would have just bought the magic cards because those things are worth like oh, yeah. obnoxious amounts of money right now but i put my money into star wars collectible card game uh-huh. nobody played it <laughs> and i still can't to this day i still got a ton of cards and nobody will ever play it so i've got this like bounty hunter ship mm. in there but sometimes the ships that like they didn't really made the movies you had to follow like some of the other stuff right that one was kind of cool oh who's like the bosk i think the, oh, the lizard looking yeah, boss guy. the lizard dude yeah yeah i think he had a cool looking ship too okay i think this one made dark forces i think this was actually in the dark forces video game okay it was pretty much kind of looked like a sand crawler in space a little bit ah okay but uh kind of like what you're seeing is all black mm-hmm. it, it could look kind of like menacing so while we're talking about that stuff have you seen the new the han solo trailer Yes. So what? what what's your uh, take on it? I like it. I think it looks good. Yeah. Um. I'm worried I'm gonna hate Han Solo <laughs> as a young guy. Yeah, I know he what you really mean. Didn't really say much in the trailer uh-huh. enough yet for me to kind of like get a good read on him. Mm-hmm. But he's not Harrison Ford. Yeah. So I'm like, it's so hard to redo somebody for Harrison Ford. I mean, yeah. they did that in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade with uh, River Phoenix, and he did. I mean, kind of felt like young Indiana Jones there. And of course, they had Sean Patrick Flannery play it in the Indiana Jones Chronicles, which you know you eventually bought into it, but you have you have to buy into it right away, otherwise it doesn't work right. for the movie. So that's. I yeah. will say, Donald Glover as Lando Calrissian oh, is looks maybe perfect. the cast of the year. Yeah. Right? Yeah. He's, yeah, he, he looks just perfect. He does. And I like him anyway. Like, uh-huh. uh, from Childless Gambino stuff to his stint on, um, what was that TV show he was on for a long oh, time? Community? Community. Community was good, at least from the seasons that I saw. Once it, like, left primetime, I didn't really pay attention to it right. too much. Um, I haven't seen Atlanta, but yeah, I've heard great things. I haven't either, and I've heard good things too. So one of these days, I'll <laughs> I'll watch it. But yeah, him as Lando, it's like that just makes so much sense. Yeah, it makes too much sense. When they first it announced does. it, I was kind of like, I don't know. And then I saw, it, I was like, perfect, perfect. Yes, that's perfect. Right. Of course, now you and, have and, and like, oh, go ahead. I was gonna say now you have uh, the the mother of dragons in it. So, what did you think of what's her face from Game of Thrones? Right, yeah, it's so weird because like she doesn't have like the blonde hair. Yeah, yeah. Right, like well, it's it's. If she had blonde hair, it'd be like you. It'd be too connected, connected to Game of much. Thrones. Game of Thrones. Too much. Like, I don't. Know. Uh, I like her in Game of Thrones. Right. Uh, so full disclosure here, like I've read the books 
Uh-huh. I haven't stayed as up to date on the HBO series. Right. I think I only made it through maybe three seasons. Okay. So I'm a bit behind there. Right. But uh, Daenerys is not my favorite character. I really don't like her in the book. Well, in the book, she's like 13, isn't she? I mean, she's real young. They're all young. They're all young in the book. And it's weird. It's yeah. so weird. It is weird. He's like, R. Whole... Martin needs to like check himself. It's so weird. It's all, yeah, just kind of like, like kid 13 year olds just banging yeah it's weird it's and his family member it's really odd um it's yeah. so weird and he's just gonna be like well i mean you know back in the day 13 was like 21 and i'm like yeah but in 2018 13 is 13 yeah and you, you don't didn't have dragons back in the day and weird things going on so no you make could, him adults you could have made them yeah just give him four more years age everybody four more years make make her 17 fine close enough and everyone can they'll kind of accept it but 13 yeah, that's right. just like that's weird that's so strange. weird i know yeah i've i've read the first one and kind of i had the second one on audiobook but yeah when i'm glad i watched the hbo show first otherwise i would have been so confused with uh, the book because there's so many names and everything i was like i don't know what's going yeah. on but um no, yeah when you would go I when totally they, agree when they're going over the ages i'm like wait what no yeah. why would you Smells do like that 13 they're all 13 yeah the only guys that are older is like Eddard stark and he dies in the first one yeah you know all the actual main characters that that make it out like they're so young it's ridiculous and even then wasn't he but, in the book like 30 like he was like younger than the the TV character. Oh, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Like I did the same thing. By the way, I saw the first couple episodes, and then got into the book series because I'd never heard of it before. That right. Yeah. Yeah, that was. Well, who is Kira? So she plays Kira in Solo. I believe she is Han Solo's kind of like girl. Love, love interest, yeah, right? Yeah, love interest, like, at least at the beginning. Then I'm guessing he joins the Imperial Academy and they kind of fall apart. And I think it's probably going to be over, like, two different time periods. But um, if you – I mean, you don't really – can't really see it in the trailer. But so in the trailer, you see him driving her in, like, a speeder. And they're, like – it's almost like a car chase or whatever. And um, hanging from the speeder dash are those gold dice that you have dice. in The Last Jedi. Nice. So you yeah. knew those are going to be apparently one thing that I, I've heard that I've heard or whatever was that the gold dice were to make an appearance in The Force Awakens back when Han Solo reclaims it. He was going to actually grab them and rehang them up. And this was when um, Ryan Johnson was writing the script for the, the Last Jedi. But then J.J. Abrams cut that scene. So I'm sure Ryan oh, Johnson was like, Really? Why would you do that? Now everyone's going to be right. like, what is that? Because, I mean, they those dice were in the original New Hope, but they were only in, like, a like a five-second shot, and you they, there, was no, there was never any attention drawn to it. They were just there. So, like, I think a couple shots, if you look at the top of the screen, you can see them kind of dangling, but they're not – no attention's drawn to it. So yeah. they are there, but I'm sure Ryan was like, oh, man – I feel like those two directors are just trying to screw each other, just kind of like side jabs. It's a weird battle, yeah. It was a strange thing happening right there, but um, I don't, the cast looks good for Solo, you know? I yeah. think they're good. Yeah. 
So, and I think, so there's a shot of this dude. He has a very kind of uh, Knights of the Old Republic mask with like almost like straw coming out of his, the back of his armor. And he's in, like in the desert, whatever. I'm going to put yeah. money on that guy being Boba Fett. I'm putting nice. money on it. Okay. Gotta be, right? Well, he's got he's, such a, like a, a hard on against Solo. Yeah. It has to be, gotta be him somewhere in this movie. Yeah. I just feel like, yeah, he's got to be in that. Maybe see a little Greedo action. I just feel like, I think Jabba's going to pop up. He's going to have some. He's got to be in there, too, yeah. I mean, yep. you got to throw in some of these old school characters into this movie. Like, this is the perfect time to do it. Is this going to be a one-off, or is there going to be other It sounds like just a one-off, uh, at least for the time being. Maybe they're just they're waiting yeah. to see how well it does. So I think there's yeah. a lot of like, I don't know, man. <laughs> we had a lot of problems making first, this. Like, yeah, right. They have, and this will be their first really like character piece. Yeah, you know, where it's like just revolving around a specific character, not just the. Are they gonna do a Luke and a Leia? Like, I, I doubt it, right? I think they want to do like an Obi Wan one, especially with uh, Ewan yeah, McGregor being be cool. of uh, an older age to be like a nice like that kind of time period and people would buy into he's it. He's finally aged into yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, he's, he has aged into it. But I think they're waiting to see how this one does. Like, if this one just tanks, I think they're going to wait. Who wrote this one? Is there any good team behind it? Actually, yeah. Um, What's-his-face? Lawrence Kasner or whatever, the dude that wrote Empire oh, Strikes Kasner? Back. Him and his yeah. son wrote this one. So, oh man, it could be really good. So yeah, so they got whatever. Although, so speaking of writing it's for Star directed Wars, directed by Ron Howard though. Yeah, he took over after the Lego guys just sucked. <laughs> sucked, right? Um, but so episode nine, written by J.J. Abrams and his writing partner, I can't recall his name. But take take a couple wild stabs at who you at what movies this this writing partner wrote. Um, for Abrams. Yeah, that wrote episode nine with Abrams. Oh man, I don't Star Trek. <laughs> no, he wrote the no. all time classic Justice League. And oh, no. Batman v Superman. Those oh, all-time... No. Granted, he does have Argo on his credit, so he Argo does good. have some... Well, was Argo good because Spielberg was involved or because it was written well? I think Argo was good. I think for the everything. I liked Argo. Okay. I, I did, too. I liked it. But, um, yeah, the fact... When they started saying that, yeah, he wrote those movies, I'm like, ah. Oh. Man, like, oh man, that does not put any uh, hope in, into me <laughs> at all. Personally, no. I kind no, of would rather have either. Ryan Johnson do episode nine than J.J. Abrams, personally, but that's. What, what, yeah. You know, I don't know. I think enough people would have a heart attack if they saw Johnson at, at directing it that maybe they needed a little break. <clears throat> maybe, but that's the nonsense. They just they need to rewatch it now that they've had some time to settle down right i think uh, for me a lot of the the problems people have with it it's like you know those problems you have with it are also problems that would have existed that exist in the other movies too yeah but yeah exactly you know whatever 
And although for the people listening, um, I have not seen Black Panther yet, so we will talk about that. I have to put a new battery in my car, so I haven't had a, actually a chance to get to the <laughs> the movie theater to watch it. Yeah, yeah. So when we do that, we can talk about it. We can talk about if the hype is really worth it or if it's just people are, are excited that it's like finally movies with not just a bunch of white people in it. And if yes. that's the reason why it's getting all the, uh, you know, about freaking time kind of thing. Kind of like Wonder Woman. It's like about freaking time there was a female, you know, head or whatever that was carrying the movie for a superhero movie. So Yeah, right? It has a very similar trajectory to Wonder Woman. It really does. So I will catch up on those movies once I – although I fixed my bike so I can ride my bike to the theater. Uh, maybe I'll try to catch that this week and then so for the next um, – Yeah, there you go. For next time we'll see it and maybe in the meantime i'll try to see for me i'm always the kind of guy that i need to see these movies more than once mm-hmm. um but i always have a hard time doing that in the theater i'll right. usually watch it in the theater and then i'll wait till it comes out so like i have not re-watched wonder woman uh-huh. but i did buy it i bought it for berkeley okay um I think as a either a christmas gift or a birthday gift or something <laughs> or maybe just like, bought it uh-huh. whatever the hell Oh. Um, but I haven't rewatched it okay. since I saw it in the theater, and I liked, I liked it when I saw it. Uh-huh. And I'll say the same thing about Black Panther. I liked it when I saw it. Now, granted, I'm a bit more of a of a a long time Black Panther fan. Uh-huh. Um, this goes back to like the, uh, the 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 comic book collection. Like I have comic books that were the Ill, the unfortunately named uh, Jungle Action featuring the Black Panther uh, from like the 1975, which is would never fly. You could never have a, a superhero, you know, a black superhero starring in a Jungle Action comic book. Right. Uh, but in 1975, you could. Now, to Marvel's credit, I will say this, and, and we won't get into it that much because, like you said, you haven't seen it yet, but... Um, they did do some progressive things. I don't think Marvel Comics, for a lot, they've had a lot of faults. But some of the things that they've they've done, like they did champion, I think a few decent minority-based heroes. Black Panther maybe being one of the bigger ones. Okay. The other one would probably have been the Falcon. Okay. Who was in the uh, the Captain America books? Right. But back in those days too, in the seventies. It was split. You had Captain America and the Falcon, uh-huh. and it was you know Aryan, blue-eyed, blonde-haired Steve Rogers, Captain America, uh-huh. Chris Evans. You know nowadays, um, standing side by side with uh, the Falcon, you know the African American comic book character, and and I think it worked pretty well. Like they played off of each other and and respected each other, and it wasn't like a Batman Robin situation right. by any means. Like it wasn't Batman bossing around Robin. Uh-huh. Captain America wasn't bossing around the Falcon. It was like two legit, you know, toe to toe kind of heroes a little bit. Right. The comics sucked. They all sucked back then <laughs> pretty much. Uh-huh. Outside of like two series, like Spider-Man and some X-Men stuff. But for the most part, I'm like, I'll go back and I'll read some of these things. Mm-hmm. And once the site's up, I, I want to do this. I want to actually, like, devote some time to putting some content on the site about some of these old books. Right. Because I, I like them from the standpoint of culturally where they were when they were produced. Right. But also 
for where they are as an industry nowadays too it's surprising to me because some of them are just so bad so bad uh-huh but i'll save that <laughs> i'll save that for another time <laughs> well yeah well, i'll try to catch up with everything and then we'll get into that in the next episode which should be on an actual podcast woo and so yes, we'll be able to do nice. that and although for the time being i'm excited that Star Wars The Last Jedi is being released in 4K, which means I have to buy a 4K TV and 4K DVD right. player now. So thank right. you very much, yeah. Lucasfilm, for making me drop another few thousand dollars in the next few whatever. But, <laughs> right. uh, you know, right. so I don't know. I'll probably just get the 4K one, watch it on Blu-ray, and then uh, eventually get to uh, buy a new TV. But um, it's always, I'm with you. you know got no problems like, i got i got no beefs with my current tv i've had it actually since like 2011 and it was like top of the line then and it still looks good now but you know it's not 4k yeah man i i think i remember that tv was that the tv you had when when we were hanging out um well i got a, i got a different one when if you the tv i had when i was living at that loft in lansing yeah um, yeah so yeah that one was like that was top of the line when you know, i got it i wanted because it's more just res- more. It was more than just resolution specs. I had to get the stuff with the right refresh rate and right color right, and all the right, you right. Know, whatever. So it was very particular. Um, I got. I haven't looked at new TVs in a while, so I don't even know. But it's kind of also. It's like so. Okay, I'll be moving in October. Do I really want to deal with more TVs to buy it or just wait until I'm in a new place and then get a new tv but do i want to wait an extra eight months to see star wars in 4k i don't know so many questions so many <laughs> such questions. a hard decision oh man so uh, yeah so i don't know we'll find out but all right um so what was your favorite beer of the session <laughs> favorite beer was honestly the first one i had that grapefruit one i think it's mainly because i just like the grapefruit stuff but it was light and refreshing okay and just different and not completely what i was expecting from the shock top right so mainly because they didn't completely disappoint me and make me regret my purchase (laughs) i'm taking shock top the rest of them were good like it's not bad but it just wasn't like uh i i went into shock top thinking it was not gonna be great right well (laughs) that's always good when you're like okay it's not as bad as i thought it was going to be um so, right, so right. for me, I, I'm going with Samuel Smith Oatmeal Stout. That was kind of, uh, you know, that was what's going to happen. I was hoping something else would be, like, surprise me enough so that I could at least say that. It was like, okay, this one blew me away. It was way better than I thought. Yeah. But, you right. know, the peanut butter thing was, you know, it was fine. There's nothing special about it, but it was drinkable. The other one was the Grand Canyon was not drinkable. That one was just I, I should send it back. It was that bad. It's like you – and but anyways yeah so you can never go wrong with the samuel smith oatmeal stout and or anything samuel smith really but so that is the clear winner for me but um yeah do you have anything else you want to toss in for the time being no just like super stoked about the the site that's coming up and uh and again just just teasing lots of exciting stuff this year's it's going to be good. It's going to be a, a, a sweet year for sure. Yeah. So, yeah, stay tuned. We I'll, I'll, I'll mention some stuff on the YouTube channel when the, uh, um, when the actual RSS feed goes up so everyone knows. I'm going to try my best to reconnect it with the previous RSS feed so you don't have to resubscribe. But if that doesn't work, 
we will let you know. And um, I was going to say something else, and I totally just blanked out. But uh, oh, and remember, Boxing Day 2018. It's going. It's yes. happening. Yes. We will remind you every single time because we're going to turn that sucker out into a giant drinking day. So by the time we're like 50, it's going to be like the next national drinking holiday. Um, so we got a we got like a <laughs> 20 year span here. Um, <laughs> we're, we're, we're realistic. But um, heard it here first. I mean, heck, yeah. I mean, look, look at Seinfeld with um, uh, shoot the holiday that they created, the um, Festivus. I mean, they create Seinfeld right. created a holiday. Right. Why can't we? Why can't we? We're not even creating it. We're just turning into it into a drinking day. I like it. But so, all right, yeah. So for now, that's Chris. This is Grayson, and we will catch you guys all later. See ya. Thanks for listening. All original music is by Kevin McLeod and can be found at incompetech.com. If you can, please rate, review, and spread the word of Two Dudes in a Six Pack.